I tell you, everyone is looking for the next winning product. And because it needs a visual explanation, I'm sharing new hot products with in-depth analysis on YouTube. Go to Tech Money Talks on YouTube. However, here's the problem most people have in dropshipping. You need to be willing to test at least 10 products to find success. And each product you're testing, you need to be willing to risk up to $250 in ads to find out if it even sells. That means you would have to risk up to $2,500 in ads with the hopes to find something that sells. Now, what if I could wave a magic wand and remove all the cost of ads and it allows you to test 10 new products? Wouldn't that be amazing? Would you test more products if it was for free? I've been working hard for the past few months and I did just that. And I'm giving it away dirt cheap to the podcast listeners only. I want you to go to dropposting.com slash go. Dropposting.com slash go. Be sure to add the slash go to there because that's where you're going to get this dirt cheap. Go there and find out more information. Hey, everybody. Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a very special guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Joshua Crisp as a special guest on the show. And if you don't know who he is, then you're missing out big time because Joshua is internationally known as an e-commerce expert specializing in Amazon and branding. Joshua has an amazing story, rags to riches, where he shares going from earning $7.25 to earning seven figures, producing millions of dollars with his online business. Joshua Physical product brands have collectively grossed over $11 million in revenue. Joshua is a mentor and a coach to thousands of students in over 63 countries. E-commerce is a global business and we're selling to the world. We're selling to the world. So if you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Joshua has been absolutely killing it in e-commerce and he uses profits to become a successful investor in real estate and business. Joshua has been helping thousands of people with his free training and has been a major e-commerce influence on social media. He's been featured in major publications and networks like Fox, ABC, NBC. I tell you, time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time. And I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Joshua, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? Fantastic. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome, bro. Yeah, really glad to have you on the show. And I know that, you know, it's a really cool thing. You know, we had a chance to connect at the uh, Funnel Hacking Live event, uh, which was really awesome. And I tell you, man, it was just really whole awesome, you know, weekend that was going on there the whole week and uh, really great things. And I'm glad that we had a chance to connect and I know that we talked about it and then thankfully our schedules worked out today, but I know it's going to be really awesome. And you know what, you, to take a step back, you know, just for time perspective, you know, I like to drop the date in because I mean, so much is changing, you know, the country, the, you know, COVID and everything that's going on. Uh, so today is September 17th as we're talking and the country's looking to open up and all these kind of things. So I want to give time perspective there. But I would say maybe for the audience, we could take a step back and you can share your journey into e-commerce. Yeah, absolutely. So it all started, uh, like I'll try not to go too crazy here because it's a long story. It's a, it's a crazy <laughs> story, but it all started for me um, in 2015. I didn't know much about you know e-commerce, entrepreneurship, making money online or anything like that, right? I didn't have any skill set. 
no credit, no money. Uh, grew up in a single mom household, right? So I didn't know much about um, ways to make money online, right? That wasn't even cool really back in 2015. It really kind of exploded over the last few years. So the yeah. way I get it, I got introduced to um, e-commerce and Amazon was um, I literally used to find, just go and Google different ways to make money. I didn't even have a computer. I would literally walk to the library and use a computer and try to Google ways to find, uh, to make money, right? And I came across all this different stuff and I, you know, I dabbled here, like I was selling some books and some doing some arbitrage stuff and, and none of it really worked. Um, and it's funny, like I remember I got introduced to my wife um, through uh, a set of our friends. Now me and my wife went to high school, we were in the same grade, but never talked, never even seen each other. And we got introduced through a mutual friend who went to school with us. So I would literally go in on my days off, I would go to um, meet my wife and talk to my wife. And she worked for a small uh, business. It was an entrepreneur owned it. Um, and I would just communicate with them and talk with him and try to pick his brain because I, th I thought it was like fascinating. I thought you had to have to be this huge company in order to have your own business. When I was thinking about um, owning a business, I'm like, oh, you got to be the big guy and have a bunch of money and be super smart. And he was like this just non-polished, normal guy who had this decent-sized business. So I would pick his brain and pick his brain. And um, long story short, I remember him talking to customers on the phone because he did a lot of the sales. And he did mainly B2B in the bath and body industry. And he was always talking to a lot of his customers that would call like, hey, Amazon is going to be this next thing. E-commerce is going to take over. Because all these customers were literally trying to get these products and sell these products in malls, like these little boutiques and these little stores and do stuff like on Facebook marketplace. And it really wasn't working out. And he was telling him like, you got to take stuff online. E-commerce is going to be the wave. So long story short, like I would hear him over and over and over again, because that's where I hung out at. If I wasn't at the library, is trying to soak up as much knowledge. Cause you know, I didn't really have a mentor figure. And I heard him over and over and over again about e-commerce and about Amazon. So I was like, Hey, how can I do this? I was like, I don't have a business. I know these are customers are buying stuff. And he's like, I'll tell you what, like you can take my product and if you can figure out this Amazon thing, you've got a business. So I took that opportunity and ran with it, man. And through trial and error, um, that's how I learned and got started, man. And that that's pretty cool because I mean, I think that gets you over the hurdle of, you know, not, not having the money to buy the inventory, but you set up the relationship to actually sell the product. Uh, and that allowed you to do that and get a get a taste for it. Man, that's really awesome. So what was what was like the first product? So what was that approach? Maybe kind of paint that picture for the audience. So like, you know, you said, you know, hey, you could you could sell this, you know, go ahead and give it a try. You know, what uh what what was that journey like? Yeah, so I had no clue what I was doing. I'd never sold anything online. Like before that, I was like, I was hustling at that, like to take a step back and paint a better picture. Um, uh -huh. You know, I had dropped out in ninth grade, so I didn't have an education. I had no skill set, really. I had no money, no credit, um, and I really had nothing. And I was flipping some stuff on eBay. Like, I would go get used clothing at Goodwill on, like, blue ticket days, and I would iron them and take pictures of them, sell them on eBay. And I was doing stuff like that, but I never really had this uh, experience with um, e-commerce. And the product, it's funny because the product that – um, I sold out of all the products was the least like least popular product that he had at the time, but I took it on Amazon and nobody had it on Amazon. So it blew up when I got it on there. And it's like, wow, for the people listening that maybe wanting to get started and 
there's a lot of what ifs, right? Like, what if this doesn't work? What if I don't have enough money? What if it's not the right time? What if it's saturated? What if the economy, what if, like, there's a lot of what ifs. So you need to focus on like, what if it does work, right? Because mm-hmm. if you want new results in life, you are, whether it's more money, more freedom, you have to do something new, right? It's a, it's a direct correlation of doing something new. So at that time, man, I was just hungry. I was young and I was like, any opportunity that I was going to be given, um, I would take it and run with it. So I literally just put the stuff on there and um, through trial and error and through just research and research, um, because there was no courses and stuff like that back five years ago, right? So literally through just getting the stuff on there, making mistakes, learning, Googling, and uh, so on and so forth. And we made it happen. Like, I remember like it, it happened quick. Like I remember like the first six months um, like we were getting running into issues and having problems with reviews. And then like after we gained momentum and that product ranked, like we went from zero to a million in the following six months in the year. So in one year we went, I went from broke making minimum wage, working at a trash uh, recycling um, plant for as a temp agent, cause I couldn't even get a real job hand sorting through trash for minimum wage to now making, you know, several hundred thousand dollars a month with this product. So <laughs> it, it can happen quick. Like so many people focus on, um, where their current situation is, but your current situation is not your final destination. If you know that there's more out there, you got to stick with it and stick at it. And uh, when it happens, when it changes, especially in e-commerce, it happens really, really quick. And actually let's even uh, describe that for the audience, because I know most of the, the feature guests and the stuff we talk about has been primarily like, you know, Shopify drop shipping, but what Joshua uh, has, uh, e-commerce business has been on, on Amazon. And, uh, so it's, it's e-commerce related. And would you say, you know, maybe describe that for the audience, like what you do uh, specifically? Yeah, for sure. So what I do is, um, it's FBA, it's, it's Amazon FBA, which stands for fulfillment by Amazon. Now there's three different main strategies or business models with selling on Amazon. You have wholesale, you have arbitrage and you have private labeling. Wholesale is going to be where you go and you become a distributor for a large established brand. You get it below MSRP, which is manufactured suggested retail pricing. You sell it at MSRP, you make the difference. Arbitrage is going to be rather retail or online. Retail meaning you physically go to the store. Um, Online meaning you shop online where you go and you get products at a discount and then you do the same thing, sell them at MSRP. And then you have private labeling. What I do is basically the same model that large companies do like Apple, Beats by Dre, Nike, so on and so forth, which is where we find these products that have um, need demand and we create brands around them. So essentially, it's the same thing as if I was drop shipping on um, Shopify, right? I mean, you have a product, you have demand, you have a supplier. The only difference is instead of the supplier shipping the product when we get sales directly to the consumer, we're skipping that equation. We're, we're doing the research, finding the demand, shipping the products to Amazon. And instead of the supplier or 3PL or third-party logistics company doing the fulfillment, Amazon's doing it, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much how we do it. It's pretty much the same concept, just a little bit differently. And in this case, like, does it take the investment of acquiring that inventory to give it to Amazon? Yeah, so that's that's pretty much like the the con, I guess you would say. Like, if if people are like, well, what's the difference? The main difference, um, that's the pretty much the main difference, right? With the inventory, yeah. um, we're holding the actual. We're not physically holding it in our possession, but Amazon is. So we would acquire 
that merchandise or the products ship them directly from the supplier, whether it's domestic or international, directly to Amazon, they would facilitate it and distribute it, right? So even yeah. though um, you know it tends to be the upfront capital has to go into the actual product, there's mm-hmm. really no store. You're not building any store. There's no automation. There's no exterior traffic. Everything's internalized within Amazon. So that's kind of like the big two pros and cons. Because with our brands, we have Shopify stores as well, right? And that's I think like everybody looks at Shopify and Amazon as this PC versus Mac type situation where it's, oh, no, 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 it's only PC or, you know, no, no, it's only Apple. Like the smart thing to do is because Shopify is huge, Google's huge and Facebook's huge. And usually when you drop ship, you're going to use traffic majority of the time from Google and from Facebook. So that's one huge sector. But then again, you have this e-commerce giant that supplies two thirds of America and 51% of the globe and can beat every fulfillment company on fulfillment, right? So I highly yeah. suggest like what I, what I personally do myself is I utilize both of them, right? Because yeah. again, like when you go and look at these pros and the cons, like with Amazon, it's their customers and you're servicing them. You don't get the content. You don't get the actual contact information. But when you do it the right way, it's like this big um, circle, right? Circle, you, can get them over yeah. to your, you can get them over to your Shopify store, or your website, you can get the customer info and you can shoot them back and back and forth so you can actually own that um, customer data and then take advantage of all of this traffic that's coming to Amazon, right? So that's kind of yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that and touched on that because I I believe the same way in the diversity of an e-commerce online business and, uh, you know, don't fall into the trap of just being married to one because, you know, something could change and it could just, you know, completely either turn off your whole business if you're not, you know, diversified. That's number one. And then number two is like, uh, it's almost like, you know, stepping stones. So like, um, I, I typically use like Shopify and that traditional drop shipping approach to kind of prove out and find like that winning product. And as it begins to scale, now it's worth that investment. Now, you know, you know, it's pattern of, of growth that you have and it's worth acquiring that inventory and then, you know, expanding it to to multiple, you know, marketplace platforms like Amazon and and others. And it seems to be like a good approach. So what's been like your approach to like, uh, you know, product research and, and finding the ones that are worth investing in inventory because you just don't want to buy a bunch of random products, right? Yeah, for sure. So that's a really good question because you kind of hit on using Shopify to find products and test them quickly with lease with um, a smaller amount of initial investment and testing them, verifying, then going into an investment. So with you saying that, just to recap on that, it's totally different what I do from what a lot of my friends that make millions upon millions with dropshipping. A lot of people in the dropshipping and the Shopify realm, they want to look for these products that are trending, that are moving stupid amount of units because they don't have the upfront, they don't have that huge barrier of upfront capital to purchase these products. But the longevity of that product or the lifespan of that product is lower, right? So yeah. what I do is the complete opposite. Like if I was to go to Shopify and dropship, I'm looking for what's trending right now. Well, how can I sell the most amount of units in the least amount of time? On the flip side, what I do is I look for like my products have been selling like clockwork for the last five years, right? Like I've got a lot of friends, wow. eight, nine figures in e-commerce. And they're like, man, like the lifespan of these products are six to 12 months. 
but you make so much money in a short period of time, right? So they both have pros and cons, but what I do is we're really building these brands, brands and products that people are gonna need. So what I look for, because like you said, I'm putting this upfront investment in and I don't want something that's trending that's gonna be volatile and I'm stuck with inventory that doesn't sell or yeah. I'm in this niche that's oversaturated. So we're doing our due diligence and um, we're, we're making data, um, data-driven decisions prior to launching a product. And then what I teach is like kind of, opposite of what a lot of the other Amazon guys teach. They're like, find this product that is high demand, low competition. Okay. It's selling two, 3000 units a month, order two, 3000 units. That's not what I do. So I follow the system or the formula, right? For the AMZ formula, which is, and I'll run through them really quick. Like first and foremost, we want to find a product that has margin. Everything's about margin. You need advertising, right? You have the acquisition cost, the cost of the goods, you have the uh, fulfillment fee. You got to pay Amazon, right? So you can use free FBA calculator. You can literally go to Google and type in free FBA calculator. It's a, a calculator owned by Amazon. It's free where you can find this margin. So you want to put it, plug those numbers in. How much are you getting it off of Alibaba or wherever you're sourcing from? How much are you selling it for? And Amazon will say, this is what we're going to charge you. So first and foremost, make sure you're above that 30% margin. Number two, we were talking about we don't want volatility or trending products. So we would go to Google Trends and we would type in the name of our products and that'll give us the historical data. And we want to make sure that that product has a nice horizontal chart, not a super trending vertical chart because that lacks depth of market. We want a product that's going to continue to sell um, every single day, 24-7, 365. So Google Trends will actually show you that it has depth of market, meaning it's been selling and we can... Uh, make a data-driven decision that's going to continue to sell. And it will also let us know if it's a seasonal product, right? Like a lot of people in drop shipping kill it with seasonal products. I have a friend that made like $8 million selling Halloween masks. There are these light up Halloween masks and right around September, October, he crushes it and sells tens of thousands of these things. But what we want is a product that's going to sell 24, seven, 365. Like we like, this is an SD, um, SD card case, right? People are buying this 24, seven, 365. Doesn't matter if they're 18, <laughs> doesn't matter if they're 60, they're going to continue yeah. to buy it every single day. So we use Google trends to make sure it has depth of market and to make sure it's not seasonal, right? Um, next, we want to make sure that these products are not patented. A huge issue that a lot of people ran into um, with the patent issue with the fidget spinner is that product was uh, patented, right? So we want to go and run a free check, go to googlepatents.com, free check, and make sure that these products are not patented. Again, because if we just have a listing on Shopify, it's easy just to remove it. Okay, well, we're infringing, take it down. With Amazon, if you've got thousands of dollars in inventory or hundreds of dollars in inventory and you're infringing intellectually, that intellectually that's a problem, right? So yeah. we want to run a Google uh, patent search and make sure that you're not infringing on anything. And those are some key concepts. And then what we do is I highly, I recommend that people do what's called a micro launch. So everything we just covered is what's called pre-verification and then what the actual validation is. So it's two steps. Step number one is pre-verification. You have margin, you have seasonality, you have depth of market, you have intellectual property. Then we micro launch the product and that's what's going to be the validation. So I typically like to launch around 30 to 50% of the anticipated monthly amount of sales. That way we're nimble because there's all these softwares out there like AMZ Hunter and Jungle Scout and all these different softwares. And even though they're accurate and they help point you in the right direction, they're off of APIs and algorithms and they're not factual 100% data directly from Amazon, right? So the only true data is getting data directly from the consumers. So that's why I recommend instead of going all in and then you hit it and then wow, okay, it's saturated or it's not working how we thought it's working, so on and so forth. 
we launch a small amount of this product. That way we're nimble, where if we have to uh, liquidate it and move on to another product or so on and so forth, we can do so without encapsulating all of our funds in that one product. Wow. Wow. Really good. And no, I'm uh, not trying to go too, too deep, man, because it's no, crazy. That, I just want to make sure I explain that, everything, man. And, this and is awesome. To- and, uh, and so I would say for the audience listening, this is the part of the podcast that you want to re-listen to over again, because, uh, and even I was taking notes and, you know, the tools that he mentioned, we'll be sure to provide links in the show notes there with that process. But yeah, I mean, you dropped some, some real value for sure. And was that all of the five steps? Cause I thought I captured three. So I want to make sure that I captured. Yeah. So uh, the five step formula, just to recap it really quick is product yeah. research, finding products. And then we went over the, the um, technique to finding a good product, right? So of mm-hmm. course you have product research, but when you're doing product research, you want to make sure it hits those things, right? Margin, depth of market, not seasonal, um, no intellectual property, and then you want to micro micro launch it, right? So you have product research, uh, step number one. Step number two is going to be the micro launch. You launch 30 to 50%, and that's where you go and make your order, whether it's from Alibaba internationally or it's a domestic US-based supplier. Step number two is going to be the micro launch. Step number three is going to be where after you test the product and you micro launch the product, now what you can do is actually... um, go ahead and reorder the product and you can skyrocket and scale this product, right? Because after you reach out to the supplier and you, and then you ship the product and you test the product, step number three, number four, you can skyrocket and scale if this product makes sense. So in between three and four is where people get caught up, right? They do the product research, find the product, they reach out to the supplier, they send too much to Amazon. Step number three is that micro launch. So step number Mm -hmm. three is where we're getting that actual data directly from consumers. And that's where in step number three, we make that, um, educated decision as to are we going to pursue this product and order more of it and move on to scale uh, skyrocket and scale which is phase number four or are we just going to liquidate it move to another product once we start hitting 10 units a day 15 units a day 20 units a day um, and we're starting to rank and it's getting momentum then that's where I kind of tell people like okay you're good to go and move on to the next phase and I would start initiate that second order um, and then yeah. the last phase, uh, phase number five or four, the fifth component of the formula is going to be um, the pendulum strategy, right? So I teach a lot in like, I'm not the motivational guy or like the self-development or personal development guy, but after doing this for six years, we've got close to 10,000 students and now 63 plus different countries and doing this myself in different niches and categories and coaching and helping people. When you look at like the students and the, my clients that are crushing it and then the people who aren't, the main differentiating factor is not that they didn't understand the process. It's not that they had the tips, the strategies, the information, the right product. None of that is usually the benefactor. The benefactor is the mindset, right? So the fifth component of the formula is mechanics and mentality. So I refer to, so a visual, so you guys can see this visually to the mechanics and the mentality as like a pendulum, right? Usually people have the mechanics up here. They're Facebook ad ninjas. They have good products. The store's amazing. Email automations, everything's up here. But when they run into something, they're like, oh man, this isn't working, so on and so forth. And the mechanics is down here. So I tell people like, have that pendulum equal, right? Because the only true failure is if you don't start or if you give up. Like that's the only way that you can fail in this business, regardless if it's Shopify, Amazon, real estate, whatever you do is if you don't get started, or as if you give up, right? So that's what I really hit on that. And I really reinforce like with my students and when I, when I teach, because that's when people give up because 
for someone yeah. to say like, hey, you're not going to launch a product and run into an issue or your Facebook account's not going to get banned or you're not going to run into a, some type of issue or your website's going to be down or something would be lying, right? There's always going to be something and it's the decisions yeah. you make at that time is what's going to um, determine like, are you going to make it? Are you going to become successful or not, right? No, I'm glad that you touched on that for sure. And hopefully the audience uh, that you're you're capturing that is, is you know, it's really... Th- the mindset at the end of the day, I mean, you can learn a lot of these techniques, but if you're giving up way too soon, you know, it, it's figuring it out, going through your own individual challenges. So, I mean, you know, you can all learn the same thing, but then, you know, you're launching your own process in your own way and you're going to have different challenges than, than somebody else. But, but the key is having the mindset to, to be persistent, figure it out, push through, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you have your own process too. <laughs> This is yeah, great sure. stuff, man, for sure. Yeah, you're dropping some huge value. And, you know, it actually reminded me of the of the question because we were talking about the supplier. Um, so what would be, you know, say for the audience, what would be, you know, kind of the a common supplier that they would reach out to? Yeah, so what I recommend, like, usually, like, I would say, like, two-thirds of the time, it's going to make more financial sense for you to reach out to an international supplier in um, China, right? Like Alibaba, the same, well, for like drop shipping, it may be um, AliExpress, right? But Alibaba, yeah. AliExpress, same thing um, yeah. internationally because the labor, the material costs, like it's very, very hard to compete with the U.S. of what like the prices compared domestic to international. Sometimes yeah. it works, right? Sometimes it's night and day, right? So you can find uh, domestic suppliers by just like Googling for uh, suppliers, manufacturers, wholesalers, so on and so forth. But usually it's going to be Alibaba or 1688. That's where we're going to go, which it's 1688. And then Alibaba is a subsidiary. And then there's AliExpress, which is a subsidiary of the three, right? So um, that's a whole other thing, right? But what I basically recommend people doing is going there and then starting to reach out. That's where you're going to basically find all of these suppliers and there's a few things that you want to do when you're reaching out to suppliers. First and foremost, so at this stage of um, pre-launch where people are reaching out to suppliers, I see like a lot of new sellers make this mistake where, you know, they're anxious, they're excited, they just want to hurry up, get the product, get it made, get it shipped, right? So they tend to like the first person that gets back to them with the price will run with them. So I highly suggest that take the time, reach out to as many suppliers as possible and not just go for the lowest price, right? Because you get what you pay for. I made a huge yep. mistake when I was starting out and I would just beat suppliers to death. And I thought I was the, I, the negotiation king and my first product, which was a dual port, um, dual port USB car charger. I lost my account because I got so many bad reviews because I was slaughtering them on like literally like a nickel, right? And the motherboards oh. had issues and I didn't get I didn't get tests and samples and so on and so forth. So like you don't want to focus on the lowest price because lowest price means lowest quality, right? I always tell people like when you're looking at your products, ask yourself like WWAD. WWAD stands for what would Apple do? Apple is the highest purchased cool. consumer electronics products in the world. And they're 50 to 100% higher than their competitors. And why do they have no resistance? Every time a new iPhone comes out, why do I get it? Because the customer service, the quality of the product, right? So always ask yourself, like, what, what would Apple do when it comes to packaging? Simple, clean, high quality. The products, simple, clean, high quality. So that's kind of something that I follow and something that I teach. 
And a majority of my products, I'm higher priced than my consumers and I have no resistance selling because we offer value. We differentiate ourselves and we offer, uh, we outvalue our competition. We differentiate by adding bundles, whatever it is, improvements, uh, so on and so forth. So when you're reaching out to the suppliers, number one, don't focus on price. Number two, understand that there's a language and a time barrier, right? Usually they're like 12 to 14 hours in the future, right? So understand there's that time difference. Understand there's a language barrier. So another mistake I made is I would literally just go and write emails to all these suppliers and it would be paragraphs and paragraphs of this stuff. Their main language is not English. Their main writing language is not English. So what I learned that helped out substantially is writing chronological, very easy to comprehend bullets. So instead of writing paragraphs, like if I was to shoot you an email about something, it would be this paragraph, right? When I reach out to suppliers overseas, it's like two sentences at the top. And then it's like bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, very easy to legible, very concise, straight to the point. Um, And that's helped out substantially. And then another thing that helps out with time, because I made this rookie mistake, and I'm sure a lot of people do as well. When you're looking for a supplier to drop ship your product or manufacture your product, I literally emailed all these suppliers back to back, reached out to all of them on Alibaba. So now what I suggest everybody do is go into Excel or Word or whatever free program you have, or heck, notepad and type it out type out a nice template, right? Put your logo up at the top, a letterhead, sign it down at the bottom, take your time, structure it, and then copy paste that and reach out to every single supplier. So now instead of emailing back and forth, you can copy paste, copy paste, copy paste, and all you're doing is changing the two or the CC, right? Who's actually receiving that? So that's substantially like a few tips that substantially help. I focus on communication and quality over price, right? Um, that was a mis- like a few of the mistakes that I learned that I made um, when I was starting. Wow. I'm glad that you touched on that. And hopefully the audience captures that as like, you know, you're building a business relationship and the supplier is key. And uh, what Joshua is describing is that, you know, really take the time to, you know, to research and, and communicate with your supplier because you're going to find out, especially something that's evergreen, if you're selling for, for years and if your right. plan is to sell for years, you know, you want to have a good ongoing relationship um, with your with your supplier. So that that's important, man. Yeah, well, you know what happened, Brian, is like after launching these products, like first product failed, second product failed, like I'm launching these different products. And what happened is like, I remember uh, my supplier, because I, like I told you, I, was, I thought I was a negotiation king. I thought the whole business was drive down the price, buy super low, sell super high. So that's what I was focusing on is just beating them to death on the price. And I had a good relationship with the supplier and we got along really, really well. Um, and she told me one day, like, Josh, like I, I, you're my client. I want you to be happy because if you're happy, then you stay my client and I make money. But I want you to understand that we work on pennies for margin. And when I work with the owner and the manager and the facility manager and um, so on and so forth, our team to get this price that you want, I want you to understand that the difference in the price from what we quote you and where we're negotiating to what you're trying to drive down further is not going to come from our bottom line. So that's when like, it was like a ton of bricks hit me. I'm like, oh my God. So I thought that they were making this stuff for like three cents and selling it for a dollar, right? Because you think of China, you're like, come on. And what happened, I was like, wow. So they're going to get you that price that you're beating them to death for. But what's going to happen is you're going to sacrifice the quality. And they're working on pennies margin unless your product costs 
several hundred dollars. The average product's going to cost between a dollar and fifteen dollars. So they're literally working on pennies, maybe even dollars, right? So yeah. I would rather pick up the margin from the consumer with the high quality product than to pick up the margin from the supplier with the inferior product. You see what I'm saying? And I yeah. learned that the hard way because I kept launching garbage. And now like what I try to do is I, exactly what I told you guys, like WWAD, what would Apple do? Apple can raise their prices. Their prices are astronomical, right? Like I bought my son a computer for um, school. They're doing the e-learning stuff now. And it was like a $300 Chromebook. My laptop's $4,000. It's such a big difference. Why? Because we're loyal customers. Like if I have an issue, I call Apple, they fix it. They're polite. They don't rush you. They're not rude. Like the mm -hmm. packaging's always clean. There's always zero questions with returns. Like when you go to their stores, like it's just different level of service, right? So that's what I focus on is high quality packaging, high quality um, products and a quality customer service, right? And that, that's what I do. And we can charge premium prices for it. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad that you touched on that too. Cause like, I mean, I would hear marketers say like, there's no benefit in being like the second highest price. So like when you start, you're not trying to compete on price because I like what you said that you're, you're bundling things. So in a sense, and I've talked about this in the past where it's like, you know, you're sort of like decommoditizing the product. You're not just in the business of selling products, right? but you know, you're, you're selling, you know, an offer, a bundle. And I was wondering if you could speak to that, like how you do that. Yeah, absolutely. So like a few ways that we um, outvalue, I call it like outvaluing out or overvaluing the competition. <laughs> like Zig, Ziglar, like Zig Ziglar, one of the greatest marketers alive said, when the market zigs, you zag. And Peter Thiel, the co-founder of PayPal, <laughs> when interviewed and asked, how did PayPal become the number one payment processing company in the world? They said that they escaped the competition and they dominated the sector. So the problem is like, there's a few problems. Number one, people try to go wide too big, become a category king or queen in one industry. And I'll prove, I'll prove exactly what I mean. When I say, Hey, I gotta, I gotta clean my, like I get out the shower, I gotta clean my ear. What do you say? Where's the Q-tip? The Q-tip is not the name of the product. It's the name of the brand because the Q-tip is a category king. The name of the product is a cotton swab right? Mm -hmm. When you say, Hey, um, we're out of tissue, we're out of toilet paper, right? Or, Hey, we're, we're out of uh, Kleenex, right? Kleenex is the brand. Kleenex is the brand. The actual name is tissue paper, right? So that's a category King. So the way that we're able to do this is by dominating, like Peter Thiel said, is um, dominating the sector. So I usually go in, instead of trying to go wide with tons of products, I go into one area and try to dominate it and become the best, right? So that's one tip is, become a category king or queen in an industry. Number two is do not sacrifice quality for price. Um, and I, we kind of hit on this. I'd rather pay the supplier more, have the highest quality product, and then charge more on Amazon for two different reasons. Because now I can advertise the highest quality or the only uh, one of the only or newest improved, and no one else can do that because we mentioned there's three different strategies to sell on Amazon, three different business models. There's arbitrage, there's wholesale, and there's private labeling. Only one of them, you own the brand. So with arbitrage and with wholesale, you don't own the brand, so you don't own the listing, so you're competing for what's called a buy box. So your only competition is having the price lower or having more quantity. I don't wanna race to the bottom in a red ocean. I wanna be in a blue ocean where now, like you mentioned, I'm using these bundles, I'm using better packaging, 
I'm having better services, better customer support. So it doesn't even matter. Like they can be in the bloodbath. I'm charging more and making more money. So one of the main reasons that we outside of just better, uh, better um, packaging, better quality, higher quality, and better customer service. Um, another one, uh, the fourth one is bundling products, right? So I'm huge on accessories. I'm huge on um, bundling products together. Meaning, for instance, if um, let me see if I can come up with a good good um, example. Like basically, like this SD card um, container that I have. Like this is the case for SD cards, right? So a way that you could bundle this is you could bundle this with the case that it goes in. You could bundle it with SD cards itself, right? And that's what I do because now for multiple reasons. Number one, you can't infringe on this. You can't resell this product or hijack my listing because you don't have that specific bundle. Number two, if you're you're studying the marketplace properly, Amazon will tell you frequently bought together. Customers frequently buy this together. So if you're looking on there, like if you're looking at your competitors and you're doing market analysis research, okay, I'm launching this SD card holder. What do, what do other uh, buyers purchase after viewing these products? Okay, wow, they purchased a waterproof case. They purchase SD cards. So when you start doing that data and you can combine them together at a better price or save them an additional step, now they're not looking at saving, uh, they're not looking at going to these different listings. And on top of that, no one can hijack your listing, right? So that's like a few things that we do. Number one, the recap is... Um, high quality packaging, like high quality packaging, high quality components of your product or your products. Like if it's an electronic product, ask like, what can I do to make the LCD brighter? What can I do to make the buttons feel nicer? What can I do to have the motherboard or the electrical components last longer or be more effective or load quicker? Like ask these type of questions. How can I make it better? Because then you can charge more, right? So packaging, um, quality, customer service. So many people just rely. And the beautiful thing about Amazon is they handle customer service. They handle customer returns, the whole nine yards. That doesn't mean that you can't have customer service. So what we do is we go on onlinejobs.ph and we hire uh, VAs in the Philippines for customer service specifically between a dollar and $3 per hour. What we do is we go and get what's called a grasshopper app. It's 20 bucks a month. And now we give those VAs a phone number and then now on our Amazon listing and in our Amazon packaging, we say tw- like 24-7, 365 support via email or phone. No competitor is doing that. No <laughs> competitor is doing yeah. that. Now, think about this. Social proof is huge. No one wants to be first or last. When you're launching a first product, especially on Amazon, reviews are huge. So, and a lot of people in the e-commerce world know what I'm saying and feel my pain. It is hard to get customer reviews and let somebody have a problem and they're going to be the first thing they're going to do is go to that review and give you a negative review. So usually why people give you negative reviews is because they're frustrated. They can't reach out to you. They can't fix the problem, right? They, they don't know what to do. So the first thing they do, and then they go talk to Amazon and they're on hold for an hour and it's just this pain in the butt thing. So by having a little card, right? And I got one right here by having a little cheap package stuffer like this, what's your phone number, or even your email address. If you, if you don't have the phone number and saying, Hey, listen, we're human, we're a small family owned operation and customer service and quality of our products is our number one priority. If you have any issues whatsoever, let us know seven days a week, 365. People are going to reach out like, yo, I ordered this. It's not what I ordered or it arrived, it arrived broken right? If it's Amazon's fault, they'll pay you for it. If it's your fault, fix it. Now what happens is you mended that relationship. Like I'm huge on relationships with um, customers. 
So many mm. sellers are like, oh, I got to sell more product. I got to sell more product. I got to make more money. It's easier to resell to your customer that you already acquired than it is to go out and acquire a new customer. So how do we get these uh, marriages with our customers instead of these one night stands? It's yeah. through serving them because people generally love to be served and hate to be sold. So that's why we're constantly like, what we do is totally different, but I've got like a far e-commerce brand. We've got 30,000 plus customers that are residual that are on subscription, like, like clockwork. Right. And they're not going to go anywhere else to save money because they know the quality of the product. They know the quality of the customer service. Wow. Wow. That, that, yeah, that's huge. And, uh, and yeah, for the audience, he was actually showing that card on there. So I could see that if you're listening to to the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that that's huge, and it actually reminds me of. So it reminded me of this question, which is related to like acquiring like that buyers list, like you were touching on. So like, do you do anything? You know, what what's your technique, or what do you do like outside of Amazon to start building your own buyers list? Yeah, so I'm I'm really big on cross pollination um, and cross promotion. So. Amazon's big on TOS of terms of service. They want their customers on Amazon. Of course, they don't want customers off of Amazon. So the way that I've been able to do this, because with Amazon, you can't entice for reviews. You can't incentivize for reviews or incentivize for them to go off of the platform. Otherwise, you're in violation of the terms of service. So, but what they do allow you to do is to promote the branding. And a part of the branding is social media because it's not a website So I'm big on just um, building these groups and building these pages on social media. And then once you get them to social media, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, it's free game. You can do whatever you want. Right. So I'm huge. I'm huge on that. And uh, basically like a few techniques, like one technique will say, uh, be first to know about, cause you can't say, Hey, join my email list. So be first to know about upcoming products. Um, we announced them on Facebook. I'm big on Facebook. Um, cause Facebook owns Instagram. So those two, I'm huge. So we get a lot of our traffic to Facebook. Once we get them on Facebook, then, Hey, like we have, we have, uh, like every week we run a promotion every single week we run a promotion where it's a coupon in order to get the coupon, you got to go to the website to get the coupon, right? Or you'll have to go on Amazon. So there's different things that we're telling them because once we get them to Facebook, we can do whatever we want. And then we're able to cycle through these different products. I only need them to go to the website once in order to pixel them. And then I can retarget them in order to to, uh, get their customer data. So we can run a promotion directly to the website where even if it's a loss leader, meaning where I'm breaking even or I'm losing money, it's so irresistible Um, but I want them to get to the website because I want their phone number. I want their email. I want their messenger opt-in. I want their pixel. I want the cookie. I want everything. (laughs) So usually I use loss leaders. So it's like a funnel. It'll say like, make sure you connect with us on Facebook for, for giveaways, news, and, um, um, new products. Right. And people would join. And what happens is once they join, then they get into the funnel. And what we'll do is we'll say, uh, we'll give them a coupon code to another product on Amazon, or we'll give them a coupon code to a, uh, a list of instructions to go to our website on Shopify to get a free product or to get a product at 70% off. And like I said, the easiest way to do that and build that list quick is through a loss leader. Companies, all companies have loss leaders, right? A quick, easy example is when you're in the food court and they're handing out samples, they're losing money on that, but their hopes is that they give you something, the law of reciprocity kicks in and they they give you something back in exchange, which is their trust and them purchasing, right? So the easiest way to do that is to actually break even and lose money and give them an irresistible offer. Like, hey, thanks for joining the Facebook group. 
um, go head over to the website and get uh, buy two, get five free or get 75% off whatever to get them there to put in their information. Once we have their information, it goes into the autoresponder. So like something I heard like that always stuck with me from Russell Brunson, he said that amateurs monetize the front end and experts monetize the back end. So a lot of people in business, I'm not even going to say just e-commerce, but in business in general, try to exhaust the monetization on the first touch. And they're not thinking about the LTV, which is the lifetime value, right? Or the lifetime customer value. So I'm always thinking about like, how can we make the LTV greater? Of course, it's by getting the assets. So if I lose $5 on the front end, getting their phone number, messenger opt-in, email, Facebook pixel, Google pixel, and get them to opt into the email list, it's like, come on, it's really a CPL or cost per lead of $5, right? If you look in CPA terms. So it's just a whole nother way for you guys to think about it, right? Um, And in reference to that, all of the guys on Shopify and stuff, I see a lot of checkout carts where they're not making it mandatory for SMS. SMS has been life changing to our business. Like I, (laughs) it is mandatory for all of my opt-ins, whether it's personal branding, whether it's on our stores to get SMS. Number one, for notifications, shipping, uh, shipping notifications. Number two, SMS has a 98% open rate. Email has a 30 if you're a God, right? So it's three times the open rate. Not to go off topic, but that was just like- That's huge. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for mentioning that. And hopefully the audience, this is another part that you want to re-listen to over again because what he just touched on, and I was hoping that you were you were uh, touching on that. And, you know, that's actually where we met was at the ClickFunnels uh, uh, event. And so, you know, the power of the sales funnel and what he described, you know, the same thing, like, you know, I've, I've shared previous uh, episodes, it's just like, okay, you know, knowing that, okay, you acquired a buyer and then the money's in the back end. If you're building the relationship, you have quality products and you're not just in the business of, of selling products, but you, you decommoditize to have bundles, offers, and, uh, and then you got, you know, recurring customers that are going through. And uh, it's really good to, to hear you say, you know, touch on all those things that you're doing and to be able to work that in with your with your Amazon business because uh, like you touched on, I mean, Amazon, you know, as they're operating, you know, on Amazon, you know, they feel like it's not your customers, it's Amazon's customers. But if you get creative, like uh, what Joshua just described is that, you know, you can have this path and you can, you know, you can lead your customer through this path to be able to take advantage of these special offers and they become uh, a really great, you know, lifetime customer, which is, <laughs> which is awesome, man. This is huge value for sure. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of great stuff here. And I actually wanted to, to touch on, you know, to kind of give some exposure for the stuff that, that you've been working on. Um, I noticed uh, where, where can people, uh, find you online? Yeah. So it's pretty much all over the internet. My name, Joshua Crisp, and you can find me on Instagram. It's official Joshua Crisp. I'm the most active on Instagram. You can see behind the scenes of my day-to-day operations and business on YouTube. It's Joshua Crisp. Um, The podcast is from nothing to something very short format. Like they're 10 minutes and under just straight to the point, do this, get results type thing. Um, awesome. and that's it. And if you, if you want to learn more about, um, Amazon, check out the AMZ formula or free FBA training.com to 90 minute training where I explain a little bit more about what we do in the five steps. 
Yeah, awesome. And what's the what's the link to that? Yeah, actually, I was going to talk about that, which is the AMZ formula. What does that uh, What does that actually go through? Yeah, so the the link is just theamzformula.com. Mm-hmm. and the AMZ formula is pretty much it's my life's work. It's the formula that I developed over the last several years that um, got me the success. All of my success came pretty much from Amazon, right? And then, like we were talking about, I rolled it into uh, real estate, right? But it's a formula that I developed over the last several years. And it's that five-step formula from finding a product that has high demand, low competition. We, sh- we try to shoot for products that are going to profit us 10000 a month minimum. And then we go into the manufacturing, reaching out to manufacturing, negotiation, uh, uh, product testing, micro launching, skyrocketing and scaling, um, literally the whole nine yards, as well as um, the pendulum, which is the mechanics and mentality, the mindset, the three pillars of success. Uh, so there's some mindset in there because I'm really big on the mechanics and the mentality. Um, so yeah. And then, like I said, if you want it more like of an educational type thing, um, we have a presentation, a, a web class that's called um, the AMZ formula web class, right? And you can find that at www.freefbatraining.com. And that's where we break down like the five steps, a little bit more about like my background, how I get started. Um, and then the five steps, right? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be sure to leave these links in the show notes as well so that the audience can, can tap into that. And again, folks, it's, it's the same thing, you know, e-commerce online business. I mean, you want to be efficient and in, in multiple platforms and come up with your own mashup. It's like, you know, it's one thing that, that, that sets you apart and you find out, you know, what works for you. And, you know, just in our conversation here, we could see how there's like a blend that, that works, you know, you know, he's primarily on, on Amazon, but then figures out a way where it can lead into, you know, click funnels or a sales funnel. Now you got a list and you could direct, now you could direct, you know, offers either to your own Shopify store or back to Amazon because, uh, you know, of course you get, uh, you know, better rankings and, and, and findings when you have more customers coming directly uh, to search and find your product, uh, which is awesome. Man, th- I feel like we can, I mean, the hour's gone by so fast. I feel like we could talk, talking for hours, but I want to be respectful of, of your time as well. Um, actually, let's maybe touch on one last question uh, before we go, because I've been asking this to a lot of uh, featured guests that have been on the podcast. And uh, just because of the nature of the, where the country is right now, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, may, maybe they lost their job and they're now, you know, wanting to, to get into to e-commerce and stuff like that. So the question goes like this, like, imagine you had a couple thousand dollars to your name. And in these current times, if you were to start all over again, knowing what you know now, what would you do over the next 30 days to start a business that would actually make you money and explain why? Yeah. So if it was all or nothing and I was down to a couple thousand dollars, the first thing I would do, um, the first thing I would do is I would create an Instagram account, create an Amazon account, go to sellercentral.com, create a free individual account, create a free Instagram account. I would start doing product research. I would find a product. I would reverse engineer a product, do the product research to find product based off of my budget because you can find a product that's selling like crazy, but if you don't have the money to purchase the product, it's irrelevant. So whatever money that is, if it's 3,000, 5,000, whatever it is, I would reverse engineer to make sure that I have enough to purchase a product for around 30 days, right? And then what I would do is instead of shooting it and testing it specifically um, on Amazon or with Facebook ads, what I would do is I would make sure that that product meets a, um, 
um, a niche or a category that has in that um, you could utilize influencer marketing. And then what I would do is I would go to Instagram and I would start partnering with influencers and give them rev shares because you really don't have a bunch of money. And I would do partnerships with them um, and get them to promote the product. Or even instead of taking that budget and marketing it on Facebook or PPC, um, I would take that budget and give it to um, Instagram influencers and have them promote the stuff. And that's what I would do, man. If I had to gamble everything and it was e-commerce related, right? That's awesome. <laughs> man, really great stuff, man. You dropped a lot of value here today. And uh, I want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the whole slogan with the AMZ formula is you're one product away. So irregardless of where you are right now and what it is that you want to achieve, I always tell people focus on the end in the beginning. So, so many people are trying to chase like, you know, getting rich. I want to get rich. Focus on realistic, um, set realistic expectations. Like the number one reason I've seen people give up is because they don't get results and they set unrealistic expectations. So of course, like you may have looked at my success here, you know, 11.2 million gross in several years, nearly a hundred investment properties. You may say, wow, that's great. But I started 725 an hour volunteering at Salvation Army for food and volunteering at the Center Township for vouchers to pay my rent. So don't compare your chapter one to someone chapters 13. The most important thing is to start and to remember that the only way that you can fail is by not getting started or by giving up. So the key component to not giving up, because if you start, the only other way that you can fail is by giving up. So the key component to not giving up is to setting realistic expectations. Um, for If you have a job and you're doing okay and you want to make sure that you have some more solidified um, concrete plans in the future by having your own business, especially with what's going on right now, and you want to get into e-commerce, don't have the goal of getting a $100,000 months and buying the new Ferrari and upgrading your house, have the goal of reverse engineering. What do I need to take care of my living expenses and not work another day in my life? That should be the number one goal. If you make $5,000 a month and your mortgage, your car note, and your living expenses is around $3,500 a month, then that should be your goal. And then reverse engineer that. If you need to make $3,000 a month to be A-okay, one product selling 10 units a day, $10 profit, $3,000 profit per month. Start with that goal, reverse engineer it, set realistic expectations, make sure you're tracking your goals, don't lose focus, and don't compare your chapter one to chapter 13 of somebody else who's more successful than you. Awesome stuff, man. Very well said. Man, Joshua, this is great stuff, man. And you dropped a lot of value today. Really glad to have you on the show. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's officially sponsored by Spotify and Anchor FM. Be on the fast track to starting your own business. You can work with me personally. It's my dropship funnels done for you service. I work with you one-on-one to build your own store and get your very own sales fast in dropshipping. You can go to dropshipfunnels.com to find out more information.